Hey, everybody, you're listening to NC Shop Talk brought to you by NC Carpet Binding. I'm your host, Mal Mayer. If you want to learn from some of the most innovative people in the industry and laugh a ton, then this show is for you. So let's get started. This dynamic duo heads up a team of world-renowned custom car and custom bike builders. This elite shop is home to TV's hit show, Iron Resurrection. Located in Texas, they're also huge dog lovers. They do a ton of charity work with SoCal Pitbull Rescue. NC Shop Talk welcomes in Joe and Mandy Martin of Martin Brothers Customs. Welcome to the show, guys. Welcome, Mandy. Hey, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Thanks, so glad to have I'm you. so happy to be here. So exciting. Thanks. You know, for, for those of you guys that don't know, most of the people on this show, I know really well. Now, Joe and Mandy, I don't. A little bit of relationship, a little rapport with Mandy, you know, in recent months. But before we get into anything, I want to get into a story, which will tell you why, you know, I, I like Mandy so much. You know, obviously, oh, Phil's, told me about, <laughs> Phil's told me about them. And of course, Justin, who I've grown close with as well. But um, being in that category, you know, it's a little difficult. I don't, you know, I'm not sure what to ask and what they're about. But here's the first story I want to share with you guys. I met them both briefly when I visited Cato about three years ago. Cato left for Georgia. He introduced me to Justin at Circle J upholstery, who now works with Martin Brothers, of course. Fast forward to last year, Mac dab in the middle of the pandemic. I called up Justin. I said, Justin, do you think Mandy and Joe would be on board for doing a charity event with me that we're going to be hosting? And it didn't take long. The very next day, I get a voicemail from Mandy. Asking how she could help and that both she and, she and Joe were all in for it. Now, again, not knowing them very well, their heart for people and their heart for, for helping others was on full display. And I figure those are the type of stories we all need to hear. And these are the type of people I'd like to surround myself with and get to know better. I just love that story, Mandy. So I wanted to share it. And, oh, you know, thanks. And that, was, that, was, that, was, that, was diff- that was different. I, I was, not a lot of people would do that. Well, that's that's actually surprising to me. I think most of the people in our industry are of the same breed, and I think most most everyone I know in the industry would would do the same thing. So, I yeah, of course. I was appreciative then, still am. I got a list of a few guys I know a lot better than you guys that I didn't get callbacks on. So, we'll leave that out. Oh but, gosh. Um, okay. <laughs> fine. Now you got take some credit, you guys. That was pretty impressive. We're gonna get to Joe later, so we're gonna go ladies first. Ready to go? I'm ready. All right. Mandy, I look at you on television. Here's what I see in you. What everyone sees, really. Your relentless drive and an enthusiasm and a passion for whatever you're doing, whatever you're involved in. What's behind that drive and what motivates you? Joe, really. Um, You know, Joe is one of the most modest but talented people that I know. And he is never going to cheer himself on. He's really passionate about what he does. And I don't really work on the car. So my passion in this is involved in another way. You know, I do all the behind the scenes stuff, the operations, the boring stuff, you know. <laughs> but I, I still get excited just watching a car go from, you know, start to finish and seeing the absolute talent that it takes, not just from Joe, but from all the guys in the shop. And it just, I mean, that's exciting to be around. I mean, the skill level 
the guys that we have uh, now at the shop are just the skill levels through the roof. And, you know, it's just exciting to be part of that. But I'm just by nature, I'm a very... I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I don't hold back. If I'm mad like at that. you, you know I'm mad at you. If I'm happy with you, you know I'm happy with you. And so I'm just I'm just a very um, open person when it comes to my emotions. And everyone where knows I'm where at. they stand with you, essentially. Definitely. Season five's in the works. You're not allowed to tell yes. us a lot. Um, <sighs> you guys are still filming, and you told me there's ten episodes, which will premiere at the end of June. Iron Resurrection, end of June. The beginning, episodes. the beginning of June, actually. Oh, beginning. June. Okay. Yeah, like the first week of June. June. So we're always the last to know the dates that the show is going to be on air, but we should know soon. But I'm being told that if you have the app, you're going to get to watch this the episodes one week before they actually come out on TV. Anything you can leak a little bit or tell us? I can give you some hints. So we get a lot of pushback every year because people are always on our case because we don't do Fords. We do a lot of Chevys. So this year, season five, Iron Resurrection is actually building three Fords. And the first two episodes are Fords. How's Joe handling that? He's great. I mean, you know, it's we work on what our customers bring us. So you know, for whatever reason, our customers, we have a lot of Chevy customers, Pontiac customers, and um, this year, some Ford customers stepped up to the plate. All right. Well, that works. You know, yeah. take it, whatever comes in. It's good to have variety, a little change. You know, Definitely. you guys have been on for a while and it is not easy. Those of you that don't know, that don't know, it is not easy to keep these shows going. Do a little search on some of your favorite shows, auto shows, motor trend discovery, whatever. And uh, yeah, I mean, five seasons, you know, with, you know pretty heavy with a lot of episodes it's it's definitely tough to do definitely tough to keep that audience because especially you know, this day and age it, it you know, is it's a testament to you guys and thank you very much you know it, you're you're speaking the truth i mean you know literally every year that we never know if we're going to get another season because the, it's strictly ratings based and so if we don't come back for season six you'll know our ratings weren't great but if we come back then you'll know that you know we we owe you guys watching a huge thank you and we are so 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 thankful for everyone watching because we wouldn't have a show without people watching you're a little younger than me but you remember this show hundred thousand dollar pyramid Yes. Where they give clues. I think I, I remember the show, but I don't know exactly how it went. <laughs> I'm going to give you essentially answers to figure out what the clue is. So if I said strawberries, raspberries, pineapple, uh-huh. oranges, like uh, types of fruit. Next. So we go right, to the next okay. one. So I'm a little scared about this one because <laughs> ah, don't be scared. Let's my technical, my technical knowledge of vehicles is is fairly limited. It's probably more than the average wife, but Joe's the encyclopedia, but I will there's give it nothing, my all. There is nothing here about cars. So oh, okay. And I can tell you this, Cato went before you and he was atrocious. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> I helped. I okay, helped cool. Him. I helped him through it because I said, I'm going to give away some, some NC swag t-shirts, sewing LED light, whatever to a listener. If we can get it done within a minute, you know, Dave Voss went before him, then Cato. And now you guys are up. Yeah. Cato was brutal. I was giving him hand signals for almost every clue to try to get him through it. Listeners are hearing this now thinking, no wonder he got it. You know, he was. Let's see if I can smoke him then. All right. Ready? Yep. All right. Italian food. Oh, Jesus. The Coliseum. Italian people. Uh, things that are in Italy. Right. Next. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I a layup. It's a good one. All right. Yeah. Your husband, Indian Larry. 
car builders? Matt Hotch. Oh, um, fabricators? Wait. Who yeah. are fabricators? Good enough. Famous bike builders. Okay. Okay. okay I thought, sorry. Oh, you get that one. I put your husband in there. Damn it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I should have given you an easier one. Okay. Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, Mario Brothers. What are some of the first uh, video games? Yep. Famous video games. Good enough. Okay. All right. The Jitterbug, The Waltz. What are some dances? Famous dances. You got it. Okay. Herring, Pocket, Carving, Switchblade. Uh, types of knives? Bingo. And you're down to the last one with like 40 seconds left. So, you know, you, you trashed them already. Uh, in a safe, under a floorboard. Important things? In the freezer. Oh, oh, oh. In your Wait, underwear. Wait, did you say in the floorboard? Under a floorboard, in your freezer, in your underwear drawer. What is money? Where you would. Where, where, you would where, where do you keep money? Where do you yes, hide? Yes, yes, where you would hide money. Where do you hide important things? Yeah. I could see it on the tip of your thumb. You got it. <laughs> yeah, you did really. I mean, you cook through those. Give me a vendor or two. It doesn't have to be two, but give me at least one that you guys just love and you can't deal without. Oh, well, there's there's several. I mean, top of the list is House of Color, Sherwin-Williams Automotive Paint. They're, it's the same thing. Another one is Ingersoll Rand. Another one is Lone Star Cutting Solutions. Another one is Lincoln Electric. I mean, I don't want to leave anybody out. There's so many people that help us in so many ways, but those are the big ones right there that we we literally use their product every day. Right. And they're reliable stuff. And what what's what's getting you about them? Just the way they operate? Give us a little like why. Why are they so good? Well, I mean, you know, those products are vital to us being able to operate our business on a daily. I mean, I'm not a welder, but Joe is and Mike is. We have lots of welders in the in the shop and they all love Lincoln Electric welding products. You know, our painters absolutely love uh, U.S. Chemical for the, the body working materials and then House of Color. It's just, House of Color is just such an, an awesome paint company and paint to we don't use stuff just straight out of the can. We mix a lot of stuff custom. to make custom colors. And they're just, they're the, they're the perfect partner for that. And then Ingersoll Rand, we wouldn't be able to use our power tools every day without the air. They've been a vendor of ours for a long time as well. Yeah. And then one of the, one of the ones that we just used, um, started using a year ago is Lone Star Cutting Solutions. So we got our first um, plasma table and it is absolutely critical to have it every day. I don't know how we did anything without it. We literally use that table. It's, it's, I think it's called the, the Spitfire table and it's, oh my God. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely crucial. All those, all yeah. those vendors that I just, just make mentioned. Sure, makes your life easier, work faster. Oh my God. And- so much more efficient. It puts out a great product. The people that we deal with in the company are so supportive of us and so easy to work with. I mean, they literally just anything we need, they, they get us. I mean, and they're just such a joy to work with yeah. the upper management in these companies. You see, for me, it's the relationships. That's the biggest thing with our vendors, you know. Yes, yes. If you make a mistake and you actually care about who you're buying home or buying, who cares? Like, okay, let's yeah. get past it. Let's just move on. You know, I just right. had a big, a big, you know, I, I was pissed about something that happened with one of our vendors, but we're so close to them. And I said to him, "This, Chris, you know, I love you, but this is, yeah, this is a pretty big screw up. You know, it's putting yeah. us, you know, behind the eight ball. But we got to fix this, so let's get moving." And he's like, "All right, I'm on it." And like, yeah. he didn't get upset at me. I wasn't upset at him. I was just upset at the situation. And yeah. uh, but it's the relationships, you know, like. That's the one thing I that I see as like the biggest, you know, connection with any vendor. 
It really is. And we do have conversations like that with our vendors, you know, if not necessarily if something's screwed up, but if something, you know, if we have a different, you know, thing that we want or a different version of something or whatever, we just, we pick up the phone and have a conversation and um, it's just, it's just, they make it so easy to work with them. Yeah. All of them do. And, and we actually have another, a wheel company that we're pretty close with too, which is Budnick Wheels. I mean, we use, we're not exclusive to them, but we use oh, them for a lot of things. This is great because the listeners are going to want to hear this. They want to know what you guys use, especially guys that are just starting out. That's yeah. what I'm finding feedback wise. They don't know who we're getting on, but right. you know, all these elite builders and elite interior guys, aircraft guys that we're going to have, you know, are, I'm trying to get vendor suggestions. So that was perfect. I really yeah. appreciate you guys divulging that. I know sometimes people don't like to, but that's a, that's a home run. For oh what yeah. People are, that's what people are listening for. You know, it's kind of, the, it's kind of the shortcuts instead of the, the, the listener at home trying to, use trial and error and yeah. use their money to make mistakes and then figuring stuff out the hard way we're happy to pass on you oh, know awesome. inside secrets yeah joe thanks so much for coming on my first memory of you feels like yesterday so before we get into it i just wanted to share this real quick all right i remember um years ago it's got to be 2004 2005 watching oh, discovery and seeing biker build off. And I'm not a, I'm not a bike guy. I'm, you know, at that point, I just, I love cars. That was about it. And I'm surely not a yeah. you know, gearhead or anything, but I remember for whatever reason, just rooting for you really hard. And also Matt Hotch. Oh. I just took a, I just like, took <laughs> yeah. a liking to both of you guys. And uh, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Mandy actually told me you guys are good friends. Yeah. 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 We sure. I actually saw Matt at, um, there were the grand national roaster show in Pomona. Well, over a year and a half ago now, they didn't have the Pomona last, you know, last year because of the, the virus and stuff. But the time I spent with Matt felt like I've known him for years and years, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. He's a great guy. That's where I got my intro to you and saw how talented you were. But, I mean, where did you get first notice? Was that Thank it? You. Was that your first big break? If not, what was your first big break? Oh, re well, really, we, um, you know, I got that break because, you know, the, the motorcycle thing, I, I kind of got into it. You know, I was always into the cars or, you know, anything motorized, but, you know, the motorcycle thing kind of came into play, you know, the mid nineties, the bikes were real popular and, and, uh, kind of just kind of got pushed into it really didn't mean to get into it. It was just, you know, a big thing that was going on, you know, with the craze of the, you know, the motor, you know, the Harley shortage back in the nineties, you know, and, and, uh, so then it created the aftermarket and which created a, you know, big giant, you know, golden era of custom motorcycle building, really. And um, I just happened to be kind of in the middle of it. And so, you know, I would go to some shows and, and, you know, go to Laughlin and go to, you know, Daytona, a few of the, you know, a few of the big ones, not very many of them couldn't afford to take up, you know, a bunch of us and go out there. But the, uh, you know, we started getting attention from magazines and then, you know, things started really moving then. And, um, you know, there's no social media and stuff you know, yep. so to speak back then. So the magazines were still big. So, you know, we got a little attention there and then really that led to a guy named Tom Zimberoff putting together this big coffee table book called art of the chopper. Somebody recommended us to him to, to feature in his, you know, big, this book, art of the chopper, which featured a bunch of builders. And, uh, so basically that when that book came out, the um, producers of, you know, Monster Garage, 
you know, the Jesse James uh, motorcycle mania stuff. Well, it was the same producers that put together the biker build off. And um, so one of the producers actually looked through that book and said, you know, these guys must be kind of on top of their game and uh, maybe we'll interview them. So I was at a show, Easy Riders Dallas a bike show. And one of the producers just approached me and said, hey, I like your stuff would you, you know, want to be on our show? And I was like, well, of course. That's <laughs> you know, a great and, feeling, man. Yep. And uh, basically, yeah, yeah. And uh, basically he just said, you know, don't, here's, you know, don't call me, I'll call you and uh, we'll get this thing going. And then a year went by, I didn't hear anything. And then all of a sudden he called up and said, hey, can you start in a week? And, and uh, so <laughs> what the hell did you wait for a long time? Pretty much everything changed. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, they, they, uh, yeah, we thought, man, these guys forgot about us. And, and um, so, yeah, we were, we were fortunate enough to be on that first season. And then I think we did, I don't know, three season, three or four seasons of that. So we're, you know, a guest builder, you know, as you know, with uh, other builders and, and uh, so it it really sent, you know, Martin brothers and, you know, outer space really. Yeah, for sure. We could, everyone was too, we could never afford the casual guys like, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. And it was, you know, and it was a time to, um, you know, discovery channel, you know, everybody watched Discovery Channel. I mean, even people that weren't into motorcycles, yep. weren't into cars, everybody loved the Discovery Channel. And, and um, you know, fortunately, we were a part of it and it just exploded for us. That's awesome. That's incredible. You know, yeah. going, yeah. we talked a little bit before we started recording, but about me not being technical and almost insulting for me to interview someone like you. And I, I don't want to oh, you know, be disrespectful <laughs> in any way, but I'm what guys oh, like no, no, you no. would call a $5 an hour laborer. So... <laughs> you on the opposite end of the st- spectrum, from what I can tell, what I've been told, you're on the short list of one of the most skilled craftsmen in the industry. I mean, you know, I know you're a humble guy. And oh, it's I appreciate a, that. I, no, you're welcome. Of course. I know you're a humble guy. Probably a tough question, but a lot of people probably want to know, how did you get so good at so much? Not just one specialty, but just such a wide variety of things that you can do well. Well, I think I think I was just, you know, as a as a kid, I was so driven by anything mechanical and, um, but on top of that, I like doing, um, you know, drawing and doing artwork and stuff. And so, you know, I was always drawing a truck or a car or a train or or I'd draw flames or I'd draw skulls or guitars or something like that. And so I really love the creative process of it. And, you know, as I got into early teens, you know, I'd fix up my bicycles and, and, um, model cars and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and then, you know, finally, when we got into cars, we were always trying to figure out, you know, my friends and I were always trying to figure out how we can modify our cars. And of course we didn't have any money. Yeah. So, you know, and then there was really nobody, there were no shops around really that, you know, like there is now, there seems to be a lot of really talented shops now, but there was just really no go-to place to learn a bunch of skills, you know, metalworking and that kind of thing. And so I um, would buy equipment, you know, buy a welder, buy a, you know, some cutting equipment, a bandsaw or something like that. And I just kind of teach myself little wow. things. And, and then, um, you know, basically cause I couldn't afford, yeah. you know, obviously couldn't afford to do that. And I'd look in the hot rod magazines and see these, you know, these awesome cars and try to figure out how they do the paint job, how they shadow the flames or how did they get that tire to fit under that car? You know, how did they do this? how they do that? And that just always, um, so you had fascinated the, me. You had the want cause you loved it. You had obviously had the aptitude. And, you know, some definitely, you know, definite mechanical skills and, but the rest of it, you, well, you yeah, self-taught. Pretty much, you know, and, and, it's, and you know, it's, it's all trial and error. I mean, it was, a, you know, more error than anything really. And, you know, and then I'd buy books too. And, you know, we didn't have the internet to refer to and YouTube and all this stuff. So 
you know, it was old school ways. And yeah. so I would you look at these old books and, you know, some of these old metal shaping guys and try to figure out what they're doing and what the tools they're using and what the tools did, you know, and, and I think back, man, if I had access to the internet and YouTube back then, you know, you'd really be far along because you see these really young uh, guys doing some really fascinating stuff. And it's like, well, man, you know, they can sit on YouTube and watch step-by-step yeah, stuff, it's a big you know, head, so, it's a big which, is, which is, it really is. And it's, and it's a great thing. You know? and, and, um, you know, I feel like I, um, you know, trying to learn everything on my own. And of course I would run into some guys, you know, we, we started getting into street racing and, you know, there was street race, the guys that were fast car guys and, you know, older than us. Well, a couple of those guys kind of took me under their wing and, and let me hang out the shop, learn things. And, and so I'd kind of run around with those guys and try to pick up tips without annoying anybody, you mm-hmm. know? And, and, uh, and then I guess just, I just had the drive, you know, and when I, um, you know, got out and started working, I, quit school when I was in 11th grade and I thought, man, you know, all my friends are going to college and everything. I better figure something out, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, well, I might as well just do something I love doing. And, uh, I kind of forced myself into it because, you know, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to have equipment. I wanted to have a house. I want to have my own shop. I want to have my own business. And I didn't want to work for anybody. And, and, uh, I didn't want to put on a coat and tie and go, sit in some stuffy office, you know? Yep. And, uh, I wanted to be outside creating stuff you know, that's just, that was just my drive, you know? Uh, that's incredible. Here's a tough one. And this is the one that uh, Shane from Sewn Tight in Kentucky teed up for me because he's a gearhead, mechanical guy, races mm-hmm. cars, a whole nine. He goes, yeah, yeah, I'd be interested in knowing what your take and opinion, meaning Joe's, on electric vehicles, how it's going to play out in the custom car and bike industry moving forward. You know, we've seen this coming. And, um, you know, at first we, um, or, you know, I was kind of thinking, you know, nobody's going to want to sit in some, you know, kick-ass muscle car and it's perfectly quiet and it's not vibrating and it's not have all these sensory overload things that go with. Yeah, exactly. You know? And, and I thought, well, you know what though? I mean, it's, it's the future, you know, just like, you know, the guys back in the days were probably pissed off when the small block Chevrolet came along, you know, and then probably pissed off when, you know, fuel injected, uh, you know, LSs came along. Turbos. And, um, exactly. And, and, so, you know, I've kind of started thinking about this. And I think, you know what? I think it'd be really cool to do this. I mean, electric cars, they make killer torque. They make a lot of horsepower, the potential of them. I think we're just at the, you know, the beginning of what these cars can do. And um, myself, I'm I'm going to embrace it because I, I start thinking about it. And I think, well, man, you know, you put, convert a car, you know, an old car over to electric and say, think of all the things you don't have to do. You know what I mean? Run exhaust systems, run fuel lines and good point. all this plumbing and all this stuff, you know, it's all, it would almost be easier to set up an electric car than it would be, you know, what we're doing now. So really I'm kind of excited about the customer that comes to me and says, Hey man, I don't want to convert, you know, my old Riviera or my old, you know, whatever to an electric car. I, I think the challenge would be cool you know, myself personally, unless I experience it someday having a muscle car with, you know, an electric engine in it, I don't know. It's to me, I love the, you know, I love the smell of the gas. I love the, (laughs) you know, obviously the sound of the exhaust and I, you know, I love all the things that would kill us. You know what I mean? If we (laughs) were locked up in the garage with a car, you know what I mean? Your answer really surprised me. I mean, you're an old school, no nonsense guy. And I did not expect you to be that open-minded towards and not close-minded, but the, the, your take yeah. on it is, is it, to me, it's spot on. You have to embrace it one way or another. Changing gears a little bit. What's the best way or a few things a custom car builder 
starting to grow his business, maybe hone his craft a little bit. Is there a couple of things you could tell him either mindset wise or things he should focus on to get better? Well, you mean as far as um, anything, what's important when you're getting a started business or outside of like basic drive, what's the most important things he should really try to focus on? I, I would say, uh, um, you know, if, if it's your own vehicle, um, you know, do some work to your own vehicle. Obviously, if you don't have customers yet, you don't have the luxury of having somebody to finance, you know, your creative outlet, you know, what you want to do. But, you know, maybe you you fix up an old car on your own and you take it to shows and you just start, you kind of get in with the crowd and you figure out, you know, the best shows to go to or, you know, whatever it may be as far as in your area or something like that. And then the next thing you know, you may have a customer says, hey, man, I like what you did. You mind doing it? Can you do that to mine? And he's like, well, yeah. And I, I think the thing is, it's probably just, you know, start off slow and, you know, get into it. Cause I see a lot of shops that right now there's so much, for some reason there's the custom car thing. is kind of like the motorcycle thing was back in 02, 03, 04. You know, it was just crazy. Just, it was just exploding. And for some reason there's a resurgence of, you know, people spending four or 500,000 bucks on these, on these cars, you know? And so I think a lot of shops, with a little bit of car knowledge, they, they build a car and they get a couple of customers. Well, the next thing they're like, Oh, I need to move into a 20,000 square foot shop. I need this. We need lifts. We need all that. You, you can't do that because you have to, you know, take baby steps with stuff and just kind of ease into it at your comfort level. Don't. And then, you know, one of my big problems was I'd always take in more, more work than I could handle thinking, well, you know, who knows tomorrow that work may not be there. I'm going to take it in now and I'm going to, you know, struggle my ass off trying to get it finished. Yep. And, um, or then the next thing you know, you turn around, there's five cars there needing to get finished and, and you bitten off a little more and you get you. And that's been my problem is, you know, always getting gung ho and trying to take on too much. But, you know, looking back, that would be something that I would suggest is just, you know, starting off slow and taking in a few projects and then work on you know, your maybe own stuff. Before, I like that answer. That well, was, yeah, make, that you know, brilliant. before you, before you make a commitment and invest in your own business and, you know, jump off in the deep end and just, you know, do it. I'd say do it on the side a little bit, yeah. you know, find, do out it as what a people, hobby. find out what people like about what you did, how you can grow. Well, the yeah, ideas. yeah, yeah, exactly. And then interact with a few customers and see if it's going to be your cup of tea and, yeah. and see if you really dig it because, you know, it can be a pain in the ass. You know, we fortunately had some really good customers that, you know, trust us to, you know, be creative and, you know, basically we get to kind of build the car our own way, only they're financing it, you know? So it's kind of like we get to, you know, live vicariously through these people and create something that we would never be able to afford our, our yeah. you know, on our well, own. They're coming, and uh, they're, It's a testament to you guys. They're coming to you for your reputation, your know-how, your knowledge, and they're handing over, you know, the keys of their bank account to build their dream because they know what you can do. That is, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. an ultimate reward they, in itself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How in the world... Do you keep coming up with elite trimmers to do your interiors? You had Phil and now you have Justin. And I mean, you know, everyone knows mm-hmm. Phil. And a lot of guys know Justin too, but Justin is really getting more and more well-known. I talked to a couple of elite guys like, geez, that Justin guy's good. So people are really, it, it's amazing. You got two of the best trimmers in the, you know, essentially in the country, <laughs> one know, after it's, another. It's crazy. Well, you know, it, it, it's funny because, um, you know, when we first started, you know, when the show thing kind of, took off, you know, we kind of weren't prepared for it. We had an opportunity, which, you know, led from the bike build off days. And uh, some of the producers said, Hey, you know, they're wanting to do some more content for this velocity channel. And so, you know, all of a sudden we're kind of thrown into situations like, man, 
we need painters, we need fabricators, we got all that stuff covered, but you know, always the difficult thing. And that's one thing I wish I'd learned was how to sew. When you're talking about sewing, <laughs> I yeah. wish I learned how to I sew and do be my own interiors it. because it's, well, you know, that stuff's fascinating to me because I, you know, for one thing, I can't do it. And, and it's just a creative, you know, process. But when we, uh, you know, when the TV thing kicked off season one, a few strange events led to Cato coming to our shop. So, you know, I welcomed him with open arms and said, Hey man, we could really use you here and I'll make a spot for you. And, um, you know, have an in-house interior. How awesome is that? You know? And so when Cato came on, you know, he got pretty slammed with stuff, you know, he had his own work going on, but then, you know, had all the work from our shop just kind of flooding in. Wow. And, um, so then he was kind of a one-man show. Well, then he brought uh, Aaron in from Houston. So Aaron relocated from Houston to the Austin area. And Aaron kind of helped Cato pick up the pace there. Well, then Cato had to move to Atlanta, you know, because his wife took a job there. Yep. So then Aaron kind of took over. Well, then Aaron needed some help. So Aaron brought Justin in. And, uh, you know, so the the Tremors community is, a, you know, it's just like a car, it's a small community. Everybody kind of knows each other. Well, so fortunately, Justin came in. And then um, helped Aaron out. Well, then Justin wanted to start his own thing. And then Aaron was continuing his own thing. So they basically, it was basically two separate businesses. And so now we're fortunate enough to have two, you know, upholstery shops on the property. <laughs> okay. This is rapid fire time. Pretty simple. A lot of fun. Just relax. Whatever comes to mind, you know, fire away. All right. Would you rather drive a custom car or ride a custom bike? Um, I think a car. All right. I've always been a car guy. Yeah. All right. Who's the best MMA fighters of all time? Give me your top, say three to five or what you feel is. The, oh the top man. Golly. John Jones. Um, um, you go all the way back to Gracie or any of those guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. I yeah. mean, he's going to be the number one guy. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, he kind of invented it. He invented it all. He's incredible. Um, God, you know, there's been so many talented guys. It's so hard to keep up anymore. It's tough. You know, and I used to be a fanatic about, you know, the pay-per-views and all the up-and-coming guys, man. And it's so hard to keep up. There's so much good talent now. God, man. I'm trying to think of some of those. Randy Couture, man. Probably one of the, my favorites, you know. Um, hey, Mandy, Mandy so I cheated. Many. I asked Mandy what you liked, and she said he likes MMA. I said, all right, I got rapid-fire hot seat, some MMA questions. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. Here, here's, these are two <laughs> tough ones. And I'm not a huge MMA guy. I know enough to be dangerous, but yeah, who, who wins? A prime Khabib or a prime St. Pierre? Oh man. Tough, right? I'm I'm probably more of a St. Pierre guy, you know, but that's the thing about MMA, you just don't you, you don't never know. know. All right. I mean, Next, you can't it's yeah, it's so unpredictable. Right. I I, you know? I think I'm on the same page with you, but that Khabib is, <laughs> yeah. is serious. I mean, he's Oh man, yeah. It's unbelievable. Golly, yeah. He's he's tough. All right. Yeah. A prime John Jones or a prime Chuck Liddell? Oh man. Doesn't have to be the whole, you know, but like in at their very best, you know, ring the bell one time where they're both at their at their peak. Who's ah uh, man? It's probably gonna be John Jones. Okay. You know? All right. I mean, Chuck Liddell, yeah, he's the guy's awesome, but man. He just had that crazy yeah. run of knockouts where no matter yeah. who was in there, right. how big they were, yeah, it didn't yeah. matter. Yeah. That was scary. Yep, you're right. Yep. Yeah. All right. Away from the MMA. Best barbecue in Texas. Oh man. Um, you know, it's funny in Texas, everybody goes to the, the touristy spots, you right. know, Franklin's you this, and everybody else, Salt yep. like Franklin's and all that stuff, man, you know, that's okay. But man, I can, I tell you what, man, some of these hole in the wall places are 
unbelievable. We got this little spot in one little town near us, Blanca. It's called the Old Three Hundred, and man, it's it's unbelievable. Okay, you know Texas barbecue. It, it's hard to compete. So these Very. these people come up with their all. I mean, these secretive ways, you know, to do these things, and and uh, it, it's crazy, man. You see these little hole in the wall places that nobody's even heard of doing some of the most incredible. Yeah incredible meat you know <laughs> yeah i mean i went with Cato. we went to the salt lake that was good not the best yeah. barbecue i've had i'm sorry texas but it yeah, just yeah. wasn't no i agree i agree yeah one of the secret sneaky best barbecue places overall that i've had it's been years in new orleans the joint if you ever go there, oh really i was stunned because i eat it everywhere because i travel so much you know, yeah, yeah carolinas texas wherever yep Everything was just good. I was surprised. Nothing was hmm. the best one I've ever had, but it was right, one of the best yeah. old porks, one of the best baby backs. One of the, it was just I was just yeah. like wow. Every bite I had was solid, which is you know yep, yep. a lot of guys have their specialties, but they were really good. Oh um, yeah, yeah. All right. If your choice for a daily, which one are you? What are you? What are you driving? Whether you customize it or not, it's up to you. Sixty-seven GTO, seventy Hemi Cuda, or a seventy-seven Trans Am. Oh man. You know, 78 Trans Am was one of my first or cars. Or 78, really. I read the same ball. Uh, there. Same thing, same yeah. thing. But, um, I, you know, I've done so many Trans Ams. That's why I threw it in there. I would have to, I think, yeah, I think I'd have to, I'd have to try to GTO. I've never had a GTO. Okay. You know, uh, my customers have had them. And, um, man, I think uh, I, I've got a 65 Le Mans that I'm going to do a GTO clone with. There you go. There's I'm a really lot of real estate there to work it. with, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. It really is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, little lighter mood here. Who'd you rather not tick off, Mandy or a customer? Oh man, probably a customer. All right. Yeah, I'd rather not, you know, because I mean, Mandy's so mellow, you know. I mean, yeah, I don't want to make her mad, but <laughs> you know, if you make a customer mad, <laughs> you know, they're gonna stop. You're in trouble. You're gonna stop paying. Yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Mandy loves. Mandy trouble, loves. Yeah. They, exactly. Now we just kind of touched on this a little bit, but and this will be the last one. Give me the car. You'd start with right now, if you could build one for yourself, what would it be? God, there's probably 20. Oh boy. Just one, you know, you can, go, um, you can go wild on and make it everything you wanted. Well, I'll tell you what, I got it. I found this 60 Buick convertible at the Austin speed shop out in the parking lot year. Well, I don't know, 10 years ago, eight years ago or something. And, um, man, I just, that car Fell is just been sitting there waiting for me. And That'd probably be the one, man, the one I already have. And, you know, the car's solid, but, you know, just has so much potential, needs everything. And, man, I just can't wait to get my hands on that thing, you know? <laughs> do you have it already? I do have it, yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. Bought it, bought it cheap, and I've just been sitting on it. Man, I can't wait to get on it. I don't, every time I pass it, it's in my storage shop. Every time I walk by it, like, it's all covered in dust. It's like, damn, I can't wait to get on that car, right. you know? And yeah, so that'd be the one. That'd probably be the one. If I if, if I had all the time in the world and money, I'd jump on that one. <laughs> There's another surprise. You give me some surprising answers today, which I like. But uh, <laughs> hey, man, listen, I hope you had a good time, Joe. I had a great time, you know, learn, learning from you, listening to yeah, you. Yeah. You like your answers yeah. surprised me. This is, this is great. You know, I, I did not expect some of these. Thanks for listening in today, everybody. If you learned something new and liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe for more NC Shop Talk. Do me a favor and help us grow this sucker. Share this show on your social media feeds and with anyone else who'd love to hear it. Thanks for giving us a listen. And until next time, remember to get out there and make it happen.